What's up, guys? It's Travis and Kyle with the NPCs, and it's time for the weekly news roundup. That's right, for the news for the week of October 14th, 2023. Here's what we're going to be talking about today. Microsoft completes their Activision, their acquisition, excuse me, of Activision Blizzard King, the Activision of acquisition, whatever. PS5 Slim has been announced to replace current model in November. Cyberpunk 2077 live action adaptations in the works. Halo Infinite Season 5 announced. And Lego and Nintendo showcase Animal Crossing sets. That's right, it is the news. It's time to talk about all the fun things that have been going on in the video games world. Again, my name is Travis, and as always, for the Weekly News Roundup, I'm joined by Kyle. Kyle, hello. Hello, sir. How are you today? I was a little... Yeah. Little out there. It's like, it's like one of those, it's like one of those totally old like, work base. trainings. It's like one of those yeah. old work trainings that you'd get sometimes. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? How could you have asked the customer how their day was going better? You know, Sorry, that, that I was stuff. I was slightly distracted <laughs> because after you know the the whole uh, Blizzard Activision King deal, I hadn't really looked up what other games that King does. It's pretty much Candy Crush. It's just Candy Crush across the board and Bubble Witch. Well, okay, yeah, it's that's true. I mean, Candy Crush is really the big one, but they do have other titles. However, of course, King is mostly known for. Candy Crush, and I don't think we're going to see anything, you know, outside of that right now, unless they get rolled into the mobile arm of whatever Microsoft has been planning on the Xbox side of things. I, I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, but, who knows? Maybe you won't have to, like, invite all your friends to play the game to get free continues. You can just continue infinitely on Xbox Live. <laughs> as long as you're on Game Pass, you get free continues. Yeah. We can only God, hope, Jesus. right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the mobile the mobile market would be like upended by all that. Right. I really would, yeah. But before we start talking, of course, here with our first story on the Activision Blizzard King acquisition by Microsoft, uh, let's talk something Blizzard-related really quick here. Kyle, mm-hmm. um, we just had the Overwatch 2 Halloween event here drop, which is the Trials of Sanctuary. Um, we've both played it together. We've done you know, our back and forth on things. We've tried... Um, the Trials of Sanctuary. We played the original mm-hmm. Halloween events that were on there too. The the uh, Junkenstein's Revenge and the Bride of Junkenstein or Junkenstein. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts so far on this year's Halloween stuff? And this, I also want your thoughts on the pricing of things too. Well, yeah, of course you have to get my a big contention my, thing. So yeah, you have to get my opinion on it because I was actually the guy that paid the forty dollars and. No, I I don't know that it was worth the $40. Um, The skin's cool and all, but I mean, all things considered, the the pricing is a little bit bonkers. Uh, Granted, um, you do get 20,000 credits as well. So I mean, logistically, it does work out to $10 for each skin. Um, You get the season pass for free, and you you paid $20 for 2,000 credits, which is the actual retail price of, of a lot of different things. So, I mean, when it comes down to that, it, I mean, it makes sense, but when you look at it as a whole of what, um, what stuff was actually put out for the event, I, I, I feel like the, uh, level that they put out was lackluster. Um, I, I don't know. And just the fact that it, it, 
it feels like a fallback to the old events. Like we could be getting so much more. Uh, we we only got the two. What was it? The 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 two story missions last season, and there aren't any story miss, missions this season. And the like, I I don't feel like the event was super phenomenal. I I don't know about you. Well, so. My two cents here on the thing is so first and foremost, going back to the pricing structure on things, I do I do agree with the majority of the community here that having the two probably most touted skins, at least as it relates to the marketing material, being uh Moira's skin for um uh Lilith and then the uh Inaria skin being used for uh Farah being locked behind the forty dollar paywall essentially. I do that's agree I with think that. the that I think is the biggest thing is that, like you said, you know, breaking down the cost of such ten dollars for each skin, and and such. Why not still allow things like that though? Because that's that's a pretty big paywall to put in front, especially for the people who maybe don't buy the battle pass. Maybe they only do buy the the different skins that they want, or you know, especially when it comes down to like the credits thing as well too. That's a very big. A big paywall to put these things behind, especially because that forty dollars cost was the original cost for Overwatch, like the standard edition of Overwatch. So this is true. This that's is true. pretty out there. But on the event side of things, though, I do agree. I'm a little annoyed that we haven't seen anything new on the story missions part, and I think they even confirmed that it won't be until the next season that we'll actually see the next round of stuff. I imagine that it was that. They worked on story missions, then they moved into the Halloween event stuff, and now mm-hmm. they're doing the story mission stuff behind the scenes right now to get that ready. But while I am a little annoyed about missing the the story missions, Trials of Sanctuary isn't bad, especially because it does... It, it's not just simply uh, Diablo skins that are tied into Overwatch. There are some little things in there that do tie into Diablo things. Uh, first off, of course, there are chests around that give power-ups on uh, your different abilities, and the sounds that go with it, the sound effects are the exact same as if you open chests in Diablo. That um, was kind of neat, when, yeah. That is a neat one, and then when you take down certain enemies, you actually unlock more powerful weapons, or weapon upgrades, I guess, is probably a better way to put it. Um, and it, it does kind of change the dynamic on how you will be able to play, but it feels like a very awkward horde mode more than anything like there are mm-hmm. some enemies that are tougher to take down than others like the um oh, what's what's the ramatra one called it's not the summoner it's um i can't remember exactly what he was uh oh i yeah maybe the sorcerer, the sorcerer i think is what I he think is maybe, yeah 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 because summoner is uh is uh uh not sombra um symmetra that's who she is in the in the um, the regular Junkenstein's Revenge stuff, right. uh, but yeah, he's the sorcerer. He's a really easy one to take down, and you only run into him a couple times. But then you run into the Orissa version, which is like the the frost demon or the fire demon, and that one she's a nightmare to try to take down, and it just oh, yeah. feels like such a grind to try to to do anything. And I don't know if that's trying to play into the the way that Diablo plays anyway, where sometimes it's a grind to take down bosses, but I don't know something about going up against those where they appear way more than it feels like even um, the sorcerer does. And then of course you get your one, um, you know, instance where Lilith shows up the Moira Lilith. 
And then you have um, the Sombra one as well, too. I can't remember exactly what Sombra is supposed to be. But she shows up and right. causes some chaos and some problems. But needless to say, you know, I think it's fine. I think there could have been a little bit more to it. I would have liked to have seen it more as like an actual like story mode, like tied into yeah. the sanctuary stuff, you know, like Diablo style. Um there are some story things, like there are some things you can interact with that will tell you different things. Like it's it's kind of like if you were to go pick up a journal from somebody that died in Diablo and and it'll read off a little like audio clip or whatever. Um but yeah, I kind of was hoping that they would have expanded out being in the the castle portion there of Blizzard World, and instead of just turning it into Sanctuary or, or whatever they were doing, that it would have gone farther, that you would have actually been more, like, adventuring. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like, like you were saying with the Arissa versus um, some of the other bosses, like, it it didn't feel like it was scaled properly, like the rewards were the same regardless of who you were fighting so if you you know busted your butt fighting in Arissa, you would get the same reward as you know if you fought a ramatra or fought a sombra and sometimes you know that it put you at a disadvantage because you would be taking so long to fight the Arissa that the next boss would be showing up right as you were killing the Arissa. Yeah, it's it was weird in their timing structure. That was the big thing. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's enjoyable and it's neat to actually see the games kind of cross that way, you know, to actually kind of mm-hmm. see the mix of two Blizzard properties at least in that respect. Um I know we do get it though in Overwatch anyway, like with the stuff that is in Blizzard World. And of right. course, you know, we see like some of the arcade games and some of the other maps that are like the uh it looks like a fighter game, but of course you've got a Terran from Starcraft versus basically Anarius from Diablo. And of course there's always been that mix and this was the next thing, but this seems mm-hmm. a little bit more involved and I liked that, but there could have been so much more with it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like, especially going back to the, the whole thing with the skins. Um, yeah. Logistically it makes sense because the pricing is correct for, you know, per skin or whatever, but if you're going to if you're going to showcase skins as being part of the season, they should be part of the battle pass. Every one of the showcased skins should be part of the battle pass. That should yeah, like, that's true. The Lilith skin, honest, honestly, should be like your level eighty reward. Yeah, it shouldn't be locked behind the paywall. I mean, there's a bunch of other right. ones that aren't, but yeah, she's not even an option to get in the battle pass itself. That's a very good point. So. It's a little weird, and I don't know. I wonder how Blizzard's going to handle this then, because I haven't seen exactly if there's been a response from them yet on anything. But I would be curious to see if they do, um, like if they do come up with anything, well, anything different at least. This is a comparison. I don't know that has totally been made yet. But when you compare this to like Street Fighter. And, you know, you're comparing, like, the turtle skins that were $15 a piece or whatever to the skins on here that are 10 to $20 a piece. All of a sudden, you know, Overwatch is, is in the same boat that, that Street Fighter's in as far as skins. They're, they're overpriced for what you get. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about one thing though, and you definitely had a positive reaction to this. Was the new map that they added too in this 
um, update as well, in the, at oh, least yeah. in arcade right now, is uh, Samoa. And that was a interesting one because I thought it was supposed to be the the hard point or whatever that newer mode is that they added recently into Overwatch 2, but it's not. It's more of your standard control point one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like it's more of a refresh of Oasis than it is like a brand spanking new like map like obviously of course it looks completely different but the layout is very similar to um oasis meets maybe a mix of like busan yeah yeah i don't know i i'm I'm trying to think of uh uh i think it was uh rio uh that it also gave me vibes of maybe or where where was it the one that has the uh control point it's like a uh a room that's on the side of a cliff, but you come in from the two sides and go down, and you can go through the uh, like hot tub room and whatnot. Are you thinking like I'm? I'm trying to think of of where you're talking about because Busan is the one that I'm referencing. It might be. Busan. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the hangar, the the one specifically where like you're meeting up basically in like the diva mech hangar in the middle where like the walls will pop up and down along the sides to provide some defense and, you know, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, that's what I'm thinking, that, but, but hot tub, I'm trying to like, I, I, I can sort it was of in picture the first it in my game. head, but it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah, why I can't, I can't place it right now. I, I can't place the name for some reason all of a sudden, but regardless, it, it rem- I know which one you're talking about. I, uh, it reminds me of that mixed with that, but just the, uh, way the, uh, especially that one point is it, it's like set down. So it, mm-hmm. it's almost like a kill box, but there's so many open areas and so many routes and tunnels to cover that it's insane. You almost are forced to stay in that kill box. So it, it's a lot of fun to, to try and I guess hold that point, but it's also not super difficult to try and take that point. If you know what you're doing it, I don't know there there's, a lot of thought that was put into that map, I think. I think so, and it is it is a really fun one, but I don't think it's made the rotation out yet, at least. Well, no, what was that I was reading there? I know that Hanzo has been pulled, um, <clears throat> excuse me, has been pulled from uh, competitive play right now because of a bug mm-hmm. that they're working. Um, but I think I remember reading something that the, the reaction was so positive to Samoa that they actually moved it into regular rotation because the only place you could play it was arcade. But that is a really good map, though. I'm like, I appreciate something new, but they need to bring back Hanamura. They need to bring that map. Back. Oh yeah, no, I I said that was the first thing that I said after uh, when we got to play it last night is, oh, this was great, but I'd love for them to bring back Hanamura. No kidding, man. I'd love for yeah. it to come back. That was like one of my favorite maps. So yeah, I really love to see it, but. Of course, outside of gushing about Overwatch itself, you know, I, I just figured it would be worth giving our own, <clears throat> excuse me, little review, I guess, of what we thought of this new season mm-hmm. and such, um, or at least the Halloween event. But l- let's hop into some of this new stuff here, because, of course, Overwatch ties into this next one, is that Microsoft did finally finish their acquisition of Activision Blizzard King. Um, so the CMA over in the UK, that's the... Uh, that's the the market authority similar to the FTC and that over here in the United States. Um, they agreed to the um, the changes that were made by Microsoft. And so that agreement, I believe, was on Thursday. And then Friday is when Microsoft officially 
wrapped everything up. I believe Thursday evening they put in like a trading halt on Activision Blizzard stocks just because of new news coming in. And sure enough, things took off. So, Kyle, it's been 22 months now. What do you think? Oh, man, it's finally over. That That's what I'm thinking. I Just the amount of time that has gone into this acquisition, thinking back to like around the time that that it was first announced and it was like right at the tail end of is blizzard gonna make it they need someone to buy him because bobby kotick is is totally screwing up the company with all these allegations and all of a sudden you know here's microsoft and the the deal's on the table and then it's crushed for you know two years almost (laughs) yeah i mean like I remember when the announcement was first made is I was driving into work in the morning and uh, sometimes I'll listen to NPR on my way in. And that last 10 minutes before I get into work is usually like marketplaces morning report. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing they announced in the morning is I'm getting ready to turn the corner is uh, it's like Microsoft has entered into an agreement to purchase Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. And I almost lost control of my car there for a second as I was turning the corner because I literally screamed in my car like, what? Yeah, no. (laughs) It was was just shock, man. Because, you know, it's something that we've joked about on on our podcast many, many times, you know, dating back to when we did lists and everything that, oh, Microsoft's just going to buy, you know, Activision Blizzard one day. Well, and it no finally kidding. happened. And like you said, you were on your way to work. I think I got out of the shower and checked my phone. And I about needed to take another shower because I I about <laughs> crapped my pants. And I wasn't well, we wearing had... any. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we yeah, I just saw it as a news feed. And I was like, what? You're kidding me. I know, right? And we had like we had gone through all this stuff already with, like, uh, with uh, ZeniMax and that, too, being purchased. And so, of course, to include, like, you know, Activision Blizzard is, like, the next thing here was a big shock. But, I mean, it's done now, though. And I guess kind of what needs to be covered here, at least, is, like, what does this mean going forward right now? Well, of course, it's it's not going to be – it wasn't a literal switch flip. So when it was announced on Friday, we didn't see um, Activision Blizzard titles showing up on Game Pass. Like, that didn't happen. Um, it sounds like stuff is in the works, but we won't actually see titles, according to Phil Spencer, until early 2024 starting to show up on Game Pass. However, it sounds like where the Switch did get flipped for things to happen quick, at least according to Phil Spencer, is that um, uh, cloud streaming providers, this is what he said, as promised, we'll also continue to make more games available in more places. And that begins now by enabling cloud streaming providers and players to stream Activision Blizzard games in the European economic area, a commitment made to the European Commission. So that means that all of those original promises that they had made about making sure that these titles are going to be accessible on these other cloud services, all the deals they were inking and such, you know, mm-hmm. going up into things when we were looking at this in the summer, it's, uh, it's all starting to kick off. Um, and that's a very big thing, I think. Um, of course, in tandem with this, though, what else this means is that as a part of some of these agreements is that um, what it means is that Ubisoft is now in control of the actual, um, I don't want to say publishing, but the distribution of cloud streaming for 
uh, all of these different titles. I don't know if it specifically includes Microsoft stuff or like Xbox stuff, excuse me, but it definitely ties into Activision Blizzard stuff, which is definitely very weird. But um, that commitment's in place for 15 years, if I read that right. And then another part of the agreement that had to be made too, and this is this is a weird one. I think I understand why, but I'm not 100% there yet, is that Microsoft is not allowed to put in an offer to buy Ubisoft for the next decade. That's off the table completely. Hmm. They haven't said anything about any other uh, competitors like EA, for example, um, and uh, or Sega, or even if that, that weird fever dream email that we saw about, you know, Nintendo and that uh, there's nothing on the table about that. It seemed like there was something else about Ubisoft that came up and I don't know what else it was, what else was happening, but uh, that came up as part of it. I mean, it's not a, maybe this is me being negative, but is it really a super big loss for them to, to not go after Ubisoft in the next 10 years? I mean, they're, they're climbing back with the new Assassin's Creed, but as far as it goes, Ubisoft has been kind of a dumpster fire for we're only going to make uh, games that can produce sequels, and those sequels are going to get egregiously larger and, and longer to the point where no one wants to play them. That's the other part, too, that like is kind of crazy about that, where Ubisoft is sitting right now, too, but I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the, then there's the whole... Uh, yeah. what was it? Uh, their, their currency for, for freaking uh, NFTs. Yeah, and I, I'm yeah. kind of glad that like Activision Blizzard and that didn't get into any of the NFT stuff, and Microsoft, of course, hasn't embraced anything with it. So at least we don't have to worry about any of that at the moment, too. But um, I mean, needless to say, at least. I guess the best thing that we can say as gamers right now is that this big saga, the largest acquisition of a video game company is now closed and complete, and we're ready to move on to the next best thing. And what I'm hoping that's going to be is a Soldier 76 skin that will be Master Chief. That would be freaking cool. I I, I don't know. I just thought that would be kind of neat. Can you imagine like a, a, a Reinhardt skin? Uh, where it's like a, a brute, like um, oh, you know, Atriox yeah. or something like that, or or a hunter, you know, instead with the shield. Oh, that'd be so cool! Yeah, <gasps> and you could I, do I a Widowmaker. Doing... You could do a Widowmaker Jackal or something like that too. Yeah, like a Tracer Cortana. <laughs> I would actually almost see like a Tracer Echo, or, or not a Tracer Echo. Excuse me, a Cortana Echo. Oh yeah, yeah. That that, Think that about makes that. sense. I mean, we could go yeah. through this all like the whole time. Oh you know, man, like, yeah. I just think it just you know, it'd be, I I just I just think of the possibilities for crossover Spartan stuff. Spartan it up, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we already have like you know like the um we have the warthog and that and Forza Horizon and um that little like Halo driving mission or whatever it is. But I I don't know. I just it the possibilities are for some crossover stuff. Um, you know, just kind of kind of tickle me the right way i guess i don't know how else to describe it uh, i also it kind of makes you wonder about what'll happen with like blizzcon if all of a sudden you know is that going to be you know curated by blizzard specifically or is that going to be overseen by microsoft will blizzcon continue 
Um, what what is the future of that? So I there there's a lot to think about logistically in in what's going to happen here. I think, um, and and how the company is going to react as a whole. Um, that you know, because that that I I don't think Blizzard Activision ever really thought they would be bought. I I mean, granted, you know, Blizzard did buy Activision or you know they joined together many many years ago but after that that was like that that was almost a be end be all end all it seemed like for for the gaming industry as far as like titans you know uh, i you have blizzard activision and rockstar and you know what 343 for for microsoft i guess for halo mhm yeah I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's really strange to think about this. And I think what's even stranger, though, to see is just how far a lot of these things have come. And I think what's even more astounding, and I've mentioned this several times before, is these first party titles for PlayStation uh, and these first party mascots like Spyro and Crash Mm -hmm. are now Microsoft products. Yeah. And they were originally Sony mascots yeah that's exactly it yeah it's like it's like we go back to the days of of crash bandicoot yelling outside the nintendo headquarters you know it's like now it's about to say that yeah now it's now is crash gonna be outside sony headquarters you know it's like is he gonna be yelling at like jim ryan before he steps off into the great beyond you know right i i don't know i mean but it's it's just nuts to think about yeah really and truly yeah um, well, let's go ahead and carry on here because I mean, that's about really the gist of things. It's just waiting for the next couple months for things to settle down and we'll start to see things happening on game pass and all these other potential mixes, um, mm-hmm. in early 2024. And I can't wait to get my hands on, you know, whatever is going to be coming out with all this. I'm really excited. Uh, uh but yeah, as am I. Yeah. But big news though, Kyle. I don't know if you're ready for this. You're going to probably like, you know, go crazy, but mm. we've got a PlayStation 5 Slim officially announced now. Uh we did. it's been it's been leaked, it's been talked about, it's been rumored, it's been shown off and all these other things. Sony has officially announced it and it's going to be dropping in November. That's right. So, it will be dropping in November and it's going to be replacing the existing PlayStation 5 that was released in 2020 as we know it. That that model is going away. Yeah, actually, it sounds like uh, Sony is uh, planning to sell through their current stock of units, and w- once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, they will be restocking shelves. What this November, um, at the end of November, with the the PS Five Slim, um, as soon as it yep. they're through their entirety of their stock. So, yeah, bye bye original big, units. Yeah, and so the bigger thing about this model here of course is uh a couple things is size uh so it's definitely it's smaller mm-hmm. in height than the original playstation 5 so they figured out a lot of their their cooling challenges and a lot of their um space constraint things but of course this is also a cost saving measure for them is not only to release this new model but a new model that's smaller means it's less cost for them in the manufacturing lines to make something so that's another part of it so it's definitely smaller um, the other part, though, is the price. Um, so the base price for the model is going to be $500. Uh, 
Um, however, uh, the uh, the five hundred dollar mark is going to be um, specifically for the one that does come with the disk drive on it, and then we're looking at four forty nine ninety nine for the digital edition. But the bonus, though, at least for the um, the disk drive part of it, if you go all digital, is that the disk drive is going to actually be sold as a separate unit. So if you go the all digital edition and you decide, oh, I want to do some physical disk stuff, you'll be able to buy that Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive and attach that to the bottom of your PlayStation 5 Slim in a special slot, very similar to the way the PS5 disk edition looks right now. That'll cost you 80 bucks to get. So that will actually make it more expensive than the base model with the disk drive already there, but it's an alternative out there for you if you so choose. And then the other part too is that it does not come packed with a vertical stand. You will have to buy that separately for 30 bucks. And the vertical stand that works for the original PlayStation 5 does not work for the Slim. They changed the design of that. Hmm. I don't really understand why, but and why they don't pack it in, but yeah, you will have to You'll have to buy it separately. Uh, other than that, uh, let's see here. Here's the actual stats on the uh, the the size stuff. So it's been reduced in volume by more than thirty percent and weight by eighteen and twenty four percent compared to the previous models. So, yeah, I mean, Kyle, I know you don't have any of the current consoles out there. Like I have the um, I have the Series X, but you don't have any of these new ones. Do you think this might change your mind? Uh, probably not. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm at a point. Uh, be, well, and you know, we've talked about it multiple times. I, I built my computer right. right, um, as the pandemic was happening and, you know, in the midst of the chip shortage and, uh, tariffs going up and all sorts of issues with electronics. And I managed to slip in with most of my parts coming in at the, previous um msrp before everything went insane um i i don't see that there's really any reason to go out and purchase uh even an original one if i I could get a disc version at a discounted rate simply because so many of the games are now coming out on PC. And granted, I mean we've seen how The Last of Us turned out for the first what month Oh dear God! Um, yeah, on PC, how it it looked like everyone was made out of Play-Doh or something, but I mean it it's it's one instance. It, it's fixed now, and I I'm still able to enjoy so many of the titles that are actually coming out on PlayStation. I I, I think it it if I were to get one, it would be a PlayStation. But especially with the digital price hike going up $50 and the fact that the disk drive is going to cost me an additional $30 um, than just buying the unit outright as well. No, so the disk, the disk drive at. is going to be the disk drive is going to be 80 bucks. Right. Yeah, but it, it's $30 more than than buying the unit. Oh, OK. With okay. Because I know I. Yeah, because I know I had mentioned the price there of the stand, which was 30 bucks. I just wanted to make sure that it, we weren't, you know, mixing up the two. That was all. I don't know. It, it, there's just there. There's so much that it, it makes me question. Um, it, it, I guess it does have a terabyte hard drive. Uh, granted, only uh, what is it? Eight hundred and thirteen gigs is what no, I'm seeing. 
No, so or... they so on the original PlayStation Five for its onboard storage, that's what it was. It was like eight hundred and thirty six gigabytes. However, I don't know exactly how they did this, but they said that this new model, the full one terabyte, will be available to uh to the gamers for save purposes which means that hmm. they must have on they must have onboarded another like uh storage chip that's specifically for um operating system based uh things like for if like for anything that needs to save in that part of it and that the rest of the yeah. uh, storage is specifically for it that's what they've said now when people start getting these things in the next um, month to two months we'll see more about that exactly but that was what i had been reading in a different news post yeah i i don't know i i, I really would like to get a playstation i think out of the two simply because well uh, of of the two all the xbox games are on pc anyway um but i don't know when it comes down to it it just it it feels like they're too expensive still um, even with inflation and everything for, for what you're getting, um, and, and just the fact that the, the cost of, of the plus membership has gone up, what, $60 in, mm -hmm. in the last month or two. And it's um, going up again too. Yeah. It's just, it, there's, there's too many factors. I don't think this is enough of a, uh, of a boost to, to get me to go out and run and buy one, honestly. I mean, I guess the only trade-off for you, though, really, is if you get one that comes into your shop, like a regular PlayStation 5, like one of the first-generation mm -hmm. releases, then you at least could get something like that at a discounted price instead of having to worry about going and, like, you know, getting one of these brand-new PlayStation 5 Slims, and you're not necessarily losing anything. I guess maybe the only thing you'd lose, really, is the storage space, but compared to something like the Xbox Series line, for example... Going out to, uh, I don't know, Office Depot or even Walmart or Target and getting a SSD to slot in there, you know, you're, you can get all that space back. Uh, yes and no. Um, I think the margin that because of the way even the used market goes in, in like a pawn shop, um, I would have better luck getting a better discount on a series x than i would a playstation 5 just because we we don't see as many playstation 5s hit the floor uh to to be able to be sold and oh we, honestly, okay that's right yeah the, we we give a lot more for the playstation 5s because there's there and that that's why there's not as much of a margin so really and truly that the discount doesn't really offset the fact that you know i would get a slight manufacturer's warranty and the the peace of mind that I am am buying new hardware that's new in the box. That's you know that's fair. I was just kind of thinking more like in that in that sense that you have at least that unique opportunity to get something that will run the same way as the newer model that's coming out, and you wouldn't have to pay you know the full price. Granted, of course, you have to deal with what's used and whatever's going on with that that unit though, but. It's just one of those other trade-offs. That, that's all I was kind of making reference reference to. But you know, hey, that, oh, that's that's understood though. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, I get it though. Like, I get it right now that the way prices are going on consoles and and uh, all of those other peripherals and accessories that go with them, I get the hesitation for it. You know, I was fortunate to get my Series X at launch, mm -hmm. and granted, of course, it was it was you know it was about the same price there, but. 
needless to say, I feel like it's been a good investment and it, I, I don't know, you know, it's, I guess it depends on the person itself though. I've been an Xbox person for many years though anyway. So it just felt like something with me. And I know you've been a mix of everything, you know, but oh yeah, yeah, it's always dependent on the person. Yeah. And I, for a long time, even when I, um, before I had a long stint of not having any sort of gaming computer or laptop, um, I, I, I was a multi-console person when I had my gaming console or my gaming laptop for a while. I, I was still a multi-console person. It, it's just there there's so many factors now and the fact that I have a, a, a decent enough computer that I'm still able to play a lot of the new games um, without having to go out and buy a console to, to run it at a at a good frame rate with decent graphics and, you know, not have to worry about tweaking everything. I, I've just been sticking with the PC. There you go. There yeah. you go. But, uh, of course, at least as it stands right now, all they've said is November. All they've said is that this new PlayStation five is going to be dropping in November. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be one of those where it's a hand in hand that once those original PlayStation fives are gone, that then you'll start seeing these ones on shelves. I think you're going to be seeing both, but it's going to be that as those other PlayStation 5s, the original model starts to disappear, you're not going to see more of them just stocked up on the shelves. The other ones are going to start to replace those, and that's just the nature of the beast. So I guess if you want to hold on to the original then or get an original, now's your chance to, or like this is your only chance to do it for the next month and a half, so you better get on it. Especially since they have been more available on the market lately. Um, definitely run out to your Walmart, Target, Best Buy, wherever your local electronics store is. Because they may may actually have one on the shelf. So if if it's the dire thing to, to do, I, I would get her done right away. Exactly. Exactly. So let's carry on here, Mr. Kyle. And talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Now, it's definitely had its hiccups. It's had its, uh, how do I want to put this here? It's had its problems. I mean, we can all go back to the original like launch and all of the issues that came up at that point. And even the problems that I had myself where I couldn't even mm -hmm. get anything more than 60 FPS. Um, or any like I couldn't even get up to 60 FPS until I was outside of the town because of the way things were handling. But Cyberpunk has had a a a refresh a new lease on life and that has actually led to not only the netflix series that came out for edge runners but we also got uh basically what they're considering 2077 2.0 where they did a whole refresh to it that made the game seem to run even better than it did with all those other patches that came out and phantom liberty dropped to the point now where cyberpunk 2077 has been announced uh to get a live action adaptation so according to CD Projekt Red, they went ahead and said that um, they're going to be working with a company called Anonymous Content. They are known for working on Mr. Robot, True Detective, and the film The Revenant. Uh, they are going to be working to bring that at the series to basically live action format. So that mm -hmm. means that you could get Keanu Reeves actually dressing up as Johnny Silverhand for some sort of cyberpunk live action series coming up here in the very near future. Now... Of course, it doesn't say what's going to be happening. I mean, other than that, it is a new story set in Cyberpunk 2077. Um, but, and they haven't written anything yet, 
that looks like they're still looking for a screenwriter. They just wanted to get it out there to say that they're going to do it. Now, could Keanu Reeves be tied into this? I'm sure he probably will in some form, but if it's a brand new story, he'll be probably more of a side thing than more of a direct like focus like the main story of 2077 is. Uh, but, I mean, what do you think, Kyle? I mean, 2077 has had it's had a really good refresh, and Phantom Liberty has been getting rave reviews across the board, and it's still a very popular game right now just because of all of the enhancements that have been made. So what do you think about the live-action series? I mean, CD Projekt did The Witcher, and that was very successful on Netflix. So what do you think Cyberpunk's going to be like? Mm, that's tough, um, especially with the the world of Cyberpunk. There, There is a lot that they would have to do, um, especially for, like, costumes and makeup. But not only that, but realizing the world, um, set building, that would be a tough one. But if they could pull it off, it would be fantastic. The, the story doesn't even necessarily have to revolve around uh, Silverhand or, you know, I, they, they could, like you said, even just make mention of, you know, him and his terrorist group or whatever. And it, it could just be sidebar material that, that you don't even really... It, it's not even part of the show um but i don't know it, it'd be tough but also seeing where what they've done with like some some of the the tv shows with like books or even some of the sci-fi movies um in recent years i i mean even starting with like ready player one um i i think it's totally feasible um, it'd be really cool to see him pull it off. I, it, it does kind of make me wonder, um, where they would go with it, what kind of story they would tell, but it, it's also fantastic to see something that started out as something that was followed so closely that fans had become rabid before it had ever launched to the point that when it launched, people were, were so frustrated they were writing angry letters to to cd project red setting games on fire throwing out their copies and now they're they're praising it it's it, it's it's insane <laughs> it is it's the cyberpunk community at least those who are in line with like cyberpunk 2077 and and the the successes that cd project red have yeah those fans are definitely a mixed breed and things can definitely get weird for them as mm-hmm. as things happen. Um, but, I mean, we all know, of course, that Cyberpunk 2077 isn't necessarily the start of the whole cyberpunk world or lore or anything like that. I mean, we can look at things like Blade no. Runner, for example. We can go back to um, what was old, like, tabletop uh, role-play games that were set in what was known as cyberpunk, at least at that point. You know, mm-hmm. there's it's been evolving for a long time. And... Even with that mentioned, I mean, video games have been getting such a lift in the world of live action entertainment over the last decade that, you know, it it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. So Cyberpunk 2077 seems like the next logical thing that we would be seeing. And I I don't actually blame CD Projekt Red for kind of going this way now, especially because they're done working on Cyberpunk 2077, unless there's like little patches and bug fixes. We're not getting any more DLC. So it's like, how do you take this this cash cow and this this well, you know, well-reviewed game, at least now, um, 
how do you take that and continue that on like you have with The Witcher and any of your other properties? You know, we've got, I mean, Super Mario Brothers in the movie theaters was a, a success. Excuse me, I can't speak. Uh, we've got um, Sonic that was also a success. We've got The Last of Us as a TV series that was a success. Uh, Witcher, again, has been a success. Mm-hmm. Um, the Halo series on Paramount Plus was okay. Um, obviously, of course, watching Master Chief have sex was not in my like was not on my bingo card for watching that series. But here we are. Um, needless to say, you know, it's like video games have definitely gotten a big lift in the world of live action entertainment now. And it seems like they found a good formula to make that stuff work compared to the days of yore with the street fighter live action movie or the original super Mario brothers movie. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Um, and you know, really and truly, um, when it comes down to it, good on them for for recognizing the success that they they had you know initially envisioned and and when when it finally turned around to being success and and having the ability to run with that success and and turn it around mm-hmm. to, to something even better um i i haven't had a chance to actually check out the anime myself but everyone that i've talked to that yeah that that's talked to or everyone that I've talked to that's seen it has said it, it's fantastic that I need to watch it. Um, so I mean, the fact that they they've they've taken what was was planned to be like a beloved franchise that almost seems like they they turned around and crapped on the fans and to to polish that turd back to 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 gold. It, it's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, I think so too. Like that they've they've had, you know, very good success with that. So I guess, you know, I'm the same way with like Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I'm aware of it. I just haven't mm-hmm. watched it. Um add that to the list of everything else that I haven't watched or played yet. Right. Um, but you know, I think this will end up being a good thing. I'm just I'm as with anything that goes into any sort of video game live action property, I'm cautiously optimistic. But Oh, yeah. you know, maybe I'll be maybe I'll be blown away and be like, holy crap, this is great. You know, but will it be a live action series? Will it be a cyberpunk movie series? Will it be a um, miniseries? You know, well, I, I don't know what it'll be. But in the meantime, of course, we just have to wait because of, they don't even have a screenwriter yet. So <laughs> it's all up in the air. Um, but yeah, what do you guys say? Yeah, I, I know you want to say. I, I mean, and that's a, that's another major thing. Until they really have a screenwriter and a script or even an outline from from a screenwriter, it, it's only going to be up in the air. It, it's it'd True. be really fantastic to see at this point, especially with the, all the success that they've garnered. But I, I, I think you're on the right page. Uh, cautious optimism at, at this point because they, they really don't have anything to, to gain purchase to or, or to set foot on. Um, as far as you know, anything to talk about other than we're gonna do live action now. Yeah, exactly. And I just <laughs> want to make I just want to make mention. I wanted to make mention because it just popped in my head of the two other video game series that at least have had some sort of live action adaptation as of late. One, of course, was the recently released Twisted Metal that came out this summer. Oh, I God. believe on it was either I can't remember if it was Paramount Plus or Peacock. But then, of course, we've got the upcoming Fallout series on uh, Amazon. Prime video. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's coming. 
It's on its yeah, way. So that's insane. A lot of good things, I guess, for gamers everywhere until you sit back and watch their favorite stuff like this. Or so, have your favorite games destroyed. <coughs> wait or <and> that. <laughs> wait and see. Yeah. Again, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, but, wait and see when when Chief takes off that armor. Close uh, your eyes, again. kitties. Close again, your yeah. eyes. <laughs> uh but at least one thing we don't have to wait for is the upcoming Halo Infinite Season 5. That's right. So moving into our next story here, we got uh, the announcement about what's going on in Halo Infinite Season 5, and it's going to be bringing in some really, really cool stuff. So they are redoing the Battle Pass, where um, it's... uh, Let's see, where did I have that note here? Um, Basically, it's going to be working the ways for being able to customize your Spartan to including also a new battle pass system for free. I think it's going to allow up to like 20 levels unlock instead of like working your way through all 100 levels. It will allow like the first 20 is being completely unlocked and then everything mm-hmm. past that uh, from level 21 up will be behind the battle pass. Um, in tandem with that though too, yeah, the, with the armor stuff, you're going to be able to mix the actual helmets between all the armor cores. So that's kind of cool too. Um, we've got two new maps coming up as well, um, which I'll get into the maps here in a minute. Um, extraction mode from Halo 4 is coming back. Uh, that's similar to basically just holding a point and waiting to be picked up there. Uh, Firefight will be making its way back at some point in the season. Let's go. Yes. Um, and then, of course, uh, one of the big things that was also announced too was the AI toolkit is going to be making its way to Forge. So let's kind of work our way here back through this again. So We've got, again, first off, the uh, battle pass is going to be changing. So instead of having to, basically instead of having the free parts of the battle pass mixed in all the way from levels 1 to 100, now instead it's going to be the first 20 levels will be um, available. And, um, or the uh, twenty the first 20 levels, the first 20 tiers are going to be free right off the bat. And then um, anything after that will be behind the battle pass. So that at least makes it a little bit easier for people to be able to get things instead of having to work through all of those levels to unlock all of those different things. So that is pretty cool there. Well, and not only that, it 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 gives players the opportunity to, to play the uh, battle pass and say, oh, I want to continue on with this. Or, you know, I think I'm good at level 20 or whatever. But on the flip side, if someone's hardcore enough that they they know that they're going to want the battle pass, they probably are still going to get the 10% experience boost if they do it right from the get-go. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big part of it. Um, The next part, of course, is that there uh, are going to be two new events within the actual season. Uh, But what they're naming them, though, instead is called Operations. So I don't know if they're going to be different than what we had been seeing as a part of these different things. Like maybe there's going to be more story stuff tied into it. I kind of have a hunch that they are. Um, I think so. Yeah. And then um, the way those will work is they're going to be over a period of four to six weeks in the season for each operation. So that's pretty cool. Um, You've got the mix of the helmets with any of the armor cores. So I know, of course, if you want to take anything from the, uh, um, uh, from the Tenrai, armor and decide to mix it with anything else because I know those helmets are really wacky then you can start doing that if you so choose Um, yeah and then of course we've got extraction 
which is coming back. So basically, it's going to be you defending you and a team defending an objective until it's extracted, and then repeating the process across different sites. So basically, it's an attack versus defense over given areas until whatever happens in that one area is done, and then you move on to the next. And then, of course, firefight will be coming back, which I'm super stoked for, and it will have you fighting against AI enemies like the banished but it's not going to be coming out until the middle of the season. So we've got a little ways longer to go until that stuff is available. Um, two new maps, Kyle, are also coming up. Uh, we've got one of them named Forbidden. Uh, Forbidden's a pretty standard map, really, with this one. It definitely has more of like a... Uh, I almost want to describe it as like a, a desert um, temple sort of vibe. Uh, I can't remember the name of the map in Halo 3, but it kind of gives feelings like that minus a lot more of like the desert area that was around that you could drive vehicles in. It seems more like it's like if they took that inside of that temple, those temple sides you could crawl through and made it more expansive, I guess. Okay, um, I know which one you're talking about, I think. Yeah, and then the one I'm excited for is Prism. Uh, so Prism is actually taking place on a um, a planet where the Covenant actually have been mining the crystals for needler ammo. So we're actually going to be exploring Ooh. the caves in there and fighting against. And the cool part is that there are needler crystals on the wall, like large crystals that are explosive. And so if you have a enemy player that's running by one of those and you blow up that crystal, basically it shoots off needler shards and will follow that enemy and attach to them just like if you shot them with a needler and will you know blow up like they normally do i don't that know if they'll cool i don't know if they'll be more potent than needler rounds like in the sense that like they're raw and they'll actually like, hit and just explode and you know you'll be able to take out an enemy really quick that way or if it's more like you as you shoot it like more frac like more fractional base damage will come off of it instead but that, that one I'm really excited about because you'll be able to introduce more environmental damage instead of just throwing around, like, you know, cores and such to um, blow people up. Right. Um, and then, of course, the big thing that everybody's excited for right now, too, is adding AI to Forge, which means that not only is the AI going to be for enemies, like specifically the Covenant or Banished, but it will also include uh, AI for Marines, which means that if you want to have like a big like ground assault type uh, game where um, you've got your Spartans and then of course you've got the Marines running around and you've got the, you know, you're fighting against the Covenant as well. You can have stuff like that. And you know what comes to mind, Kyle, with this one though, more than anything? What's that? Is if, you, if you scratch out the robot part of it, it sounds a lot like the way Titanfall 2's attrition multiplayer mode is where you have the AI grunts running around all over the place uh -huh. where they can cause damage to the to the other enemy pilots in that. If right. you drop the Titan part out of that completely, it sounds like you could potentially build up stuff like that. However, it won't it wouldn't hurt my feelings if someone figured out how to put in uh the Mantis mechs from uh Halo four and five into Halo Infinite. You know, Ooh. if there was something in there in the actual vehicles you could choose. Yeah. And you could basically recreate Titanfall in Halo Infinite. Well, from what I understand, the AI toolkit is so robust that they're adding that you could literally write your basically your own story miniature story mode. Um, yeah, for, and, for a map. 
And that's what I'm getting a lot of vibes from. So I, I, I get a lot of Halo stuff on Twitter or X as it's called mm-hmm. now. And I see a lot of the community out there, especially those who are very heavily invested into Forge on the possibilities. Like, you know, they've been kind of laying out their wish lists on what was going to be announced. And now that AI has been officially announced, they're starting to figure out what they can really work towards with what's been showcased and what's been detailed. So I'm very excited to see what happens because that means that not only for things like firefight with community made maps, um, but um, also what else could be evolved from in the community side of things that could, I guess, you know, potentially progress the story further or move things in a different direction that, that just make the game that much more exciting. See, and maybe um, they're all looking at yeah. it wrong. Maybe they shouldn't be looking at, you know, what can we do? Instead, they should be looking at what can't we do? Because th- this toolkit, from what I understand, is is probably the most robust toolkit that anyone has ever had outside of being an official programmer for a game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would think about that being, you know, the case instead of having to, you know, instead of the AI being locked behind a wall or anything like that, now it's accessible to the community. And I think that's yeah. going to, that's going to offer something unique that we really haven't had in any of this other like built in game development, I suppose. I know there's been other games yeah. that have it, but I guess it's going to be interesting to see how robust this truly is. Um, and I, I really hope yeah. that um, we, we get the support um, like we've had with the community maps that, that they do actually bring some mo- modes into actual play um, occasionally yeah. or, or even scenarios. So. If, if there's, if people do like miniature stories or whatever, highlight that stuff, make, you know, make, make the players known that, you know, they, they like us too. They like us to play their game. <laughs> no kidding. Um, no kidding. But one thing I'd like to mention, though, here that, you know, like our little TLDR article that we have here doesn't make mention of right now is that um, some of the new armor that's going to be available in this next season is going to be flood armor. So and it looks uh, the sick. armor, yeah, the armor itself is it's obviously going to be in pieces and it seems like it ties into the extraction stuff as well, too. But we are getting armor pieces that actually have flood corruption on them itself. So it all looks really cool. I can't wait to see exactly how that can be played out because it was actually revealed that in the one of the more recent events, one of the uh, maps in particular had all of these different like what appeared to be like, you know, um, uh, egg sacks, like flood pods, whatever, all over the place. Like, you know, like this, this, this plague or whatever across the map. Apparently they were working on including the flood in this multiplayer event in the last season, but it ended up getting cut due to time constraints. So what had happened is that some of that stuff made it in regards to the environment, but the actual flood itself never made its appearance. And what I'm hoping for, I didn't, I, didn't see any of this and maybe I missed it, but I'm hoping that in the AI tool set in Forge, it also includes updates to models and characters that you can use and it includes the flood. You know, just keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think it will, but I, I think we do have to keep our fingers crossed just because we're only finding out about the flood now and the some of the stuff that has been, um, announced for the ai toolkit has been rumored for for a little while so 
it is True. it is a wait and see, but I can imagine with them adding it and adding the ability to uh do the uh cross armor, uh put different helmets or uh pauldrons with, you know, different uh corsets or whatever that it, it it could be a possibility that they're they're just opening up the game more and more as as we speak. So maybe they already did have it in the pipeline. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I really, really hope so. Like I really do. Yeah. Um. But with that said, of course, you know it's it drops on Tuesday, and we'll be able to start playing it here pretty soon. I've already got all the credits built up to go ahead and buy the next battle pass. So let's make Mm -hmm. this happen. See how fast we get through season five here. Right. Yeah. Cause the one thing I I will say is it seems like the experience that they've been giving for the seasons after the, the Rocky start of season one has just been tremendous. I don't know if they're intentionally leaving it like this or if they have, plan to scale it down but i'm okay with you know getting through my season really quick it gives me time to play my other multiplayer games but i still also enjoy playing the events so Mm -hmm. i I still keep coming back yeah absolutely absolutely even with some of the frustrations and things like tactical too but oh yeah i digress um let's move on here to the last (laughs) main bit of news though that we have kyle and i know this one excites you a lot nintendo has confirmed after many leaks and many data mining things have found, Animal Crossing Legos are on their way. So we got oh, a little bit wallet. of a short. I know we got a short <laughs> teaser that showed off uh, some Animal Crossing Lego minifigures, including Isabella and Tom Nook, just to name a couple. There are obviously more in there, but uh, we will actually be getting uh, official Lego sets too, which have been shown off and are available for viewing on the Lego website. So we have. Bunny's outdoor outdoor activities, uh, Nappin's Island boat tour, Nook's cranny and Rosie's house, Isabella's house visit, and Julian's birthday party, all ranging in price from what appears to be about fifteen dollars up through seventy five dollars for the sets. And those don't appear to release for another, at least according to the website here that I can see on my phone, one hundred and thirty eight more days. Ooh. So you've got some time, Kyle. So it so looks like probably spring of, of the, spring of this next year. Yet. Yep. Yeah. Spring of this next year, they'll probably be available. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, th- this it should have been a no-brainer to try and make this uh, partnership long, long ago. Um, I don't know. I I wonder if they're doing too little too late. Um, oh, I don't it, think so, Kyle. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I, I I don't know. It just Animal Crossing doesn't have the popularity that it did two years ago. Granted, it it still is a very popular game, but I mean, if uh, what what was do uh, it's not Duplo Blocks. Uh, Mega Blocks had the uh, if they didn't have the license for Pokemon, Nintendo could have been making bank on Pokemon for a long time now. I think with I mean, Legos sure. more than the Mega Blocks. I mean, sure, 
I, I totally agree, but obviously, of course, Pokemon is with the Pokemon company for that type of rights versus Nintendo. So I, I guess obviously it's different. But yeah, but video game but, Lego again, just like we we're talking about with video game TV shows and movies, video game Lego has really picked up. I mean, we've got Sonic Lego, we've got Mario Lego, we've got Donkey Kong Lego. You know, we got Legend of Zelda stuff coming down the line that was leaked out earlier this year too. You know, and the fact that like these Lego sets, they're not built for kids. I guarantee, like, they're going to be regular, like, probably, like, Lego packaging and stuff, not the more, like, you know, collector Lego, where it's more of, like, the black box. Mm-hmm. But these are definitely made more for us than they are for kids. I, I have a know. big, big, strong assumption that I know kids are going to probably end up getting them, but these definitely feel like they're made more for us. Uh, Quite possibly. Um, You know, what I'd really like to see out of it, though, um, and no mention of would be a uh blind block uh blind box character collection oh i bet you there will be i mean there's the mario one right now for like the uh the enemy characters and that oh yeah i bet you there will be one as time goes on i mean i bet you they may even release a minifigure creator that will let you create your own villager that would be neat but i could also see that costing you like $15 $15 for one minifig. <laughs> which which they do. I mean, you go to a Lego store, they actually have a in-house Lego minifigure printer. Oh, wow. That you can actually make your own minifig in there. It's, uh, it's pretty slick to actually see it. But yeah, the cost is definitely up there. However, for stuff like this, Kyle, I can already see it in your eyes. You would go pay that money. I know you would. Uh, I'm, I might. I might actually pay see? that money, unfortunately. See? I, knew, I, see, I the, know how you are with Legos. That's why. Yeah, the the Cap'n and the uh, Tom Nook alone. I, I a set with the, either of those two, and it would be worth it. <laughs> yeah, and I bet you because of the success, not only of just straight up Animal Crossing, but um, with Animal Crossing New Horizons and that, that um, we actually could see, you know, more of the actual villager um, minifigures coming out, though, too. Like, of course, we've got uh, Tom Nook's... Um, what is it? Are they? They're his nephews, or her, they're not his kids? No, um, I don't remember. Timmy and Tommy. I can't remember either. Yeah, exactly. I bet you could probably see them come out as, um, you know, as like minifigures later on down the line, as well as all the others that you could potentially get. I mean, the the number is endless, but I think that may tie in even mm-hmm. the blind bag stuff too. Yeah, quite possibly. I I could see Nintendo even doing a multi series blind bag off of these ones, just because there are so many characters that they're available for in animal crossing and not just that, but characters that have never returned uh, from previous games or characters that have returned since the very beginning on GameCube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the stuff that goes back to again, those kids who played animal crossing as kids, you know, which would be us and that playing it originally on the GameCube mm-hmm. and working our way up through things. Yeah, this, that's really who these sets are made for. Like, I, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to gatekeep anything here, but you really think about the Animal Crossing stuff, it's going to really tie, I think, more into like the adult collectors than it is going to be the just regular kids. That's just me. That's just my thought on it. I don't know. I, I, I think that, that, um, I, I'm exactly the opposite. I, I think this one is, is going to have a larger audience than, than, most sets will simply because Animal Crossing reached so many people. I I feel like the, this is going to have a large adult 
and uh, child audience both. I mean, it probably could. I mean, they're definitely not like, you know, they're not characters that kids would would you know like shrug their shoulders at and be like okay whatever they they are appealing to kids anyway though and i mm-hmm. could imagine if i showed my daughter these sets you know she's six years old i show her these sets she's probably like dad i need those and right being the dad i am she'll probably end up getting one of the sets you know one of the cheaper <laughs> sets while i get the 75 dollars set but that's just me so needless to say yeah i I'm, again i'm not trying to gatekeep it though but i'm oh, just no, trying to look yeah. at more like who the animal crossing um like the the generation who really played Animal Crossing is and what that's going to lead to. That's all. Yeah, for that matter, the the people that are still playing Animal Crossing, because let's face it, uh, there there was a a large uh, audience of children that did play Animal Crossing, but how many children versus adults that that stuck with the game? You know, I I know there, there are people, shoot, there... There's a lady, uh, I think, in Japan that holds a record. Uh, if I and we've reported on it long, long time ago, but she holds a record uh, in Animal Crossing because um, she's celebrated the same calendar year where the game stops, <laughs> like oh, so geez. many times. Oh Jesus Christ! I yeah, mean... like it, it it hits that calendar year, and then every is it? I think it's every year. It just does the same New Year every every time over and over again. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, then. Jeez. I hadn't realized that. I wasn't even aware of that one. I'm gonna have to go read up on that one then, just to see about yeah. that, about her it, playing it's that just... one over and over again. That's so kooky. Well, and it, it's not necessarily over and over again. It's just that she's had the same village since, you know, the game came out and has just continued on with the GameCube version. Jesus Christ. Okay, so then. that's well, a guess... long time to play the, the same uh, village on Animal Crossing, but more power to you if you, you know, on that version, once you paid your house off, there really wasn't a whole heck of a lot else to do except for... Fossils, fish, and bugs. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't even Very think nice. art was, like, an art gallery was part of the museum. And the uh, the amount of fish and the amount of fossils was far smaller than what, what is in the uh, current games, I feel like. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I'll have to go look that up. I wasn't aware of that story, but... Huh. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, I mean, hey, it's it's new Lego <laughs> sets. It's new. It's more money to spend on Lego, like we always enjoy. And um, yeah, so you got 138 more days to go there, Kyle, until it's available. So save your money. Well, I will start marking the days on the calendar. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> but of course, that's it for the main stories for this week's news roundup. So we move on to the two quest markers that we have for this week. Kyle, what do we got? So, this week, in for the first quest marker, um, someone bought a brand new Wii U in 2023. Um, and yeah, actually, someone did buy a brand new Wii in 2023. Uh, the information comes to us, um, well, the stat comes to us in a tweet or X or whatever from Matt Piscatella, formerly of um, the NPD 
Um, but he is the executive director at Circana now, um, who I believe also, yeah, tracks individual store sales, uh, store level sales data. Um, but there was a Wii U that popped up in the new sales data um, as of what was it last month? Yeah, I and think this so. is the, yeah, this is the first Wii U that is sold since May of 2022. Now, to put this into perspective, it, it's not very often that old consoles like this make it through the the, the sales charts like this. Granted, in in Japan, they do have uh, Nintendo DSs that somehow get found in the, the back rooms uh, every, you know, so many weeks that, that make it onto the sales charts. But in the U.S., the, the last, like, classic console that was sold was a Vita back in uh, November 2021, and there were three of them that were sold. That, that's wow, the last crap. odd stat like this that's happened, so... I mean, a Vita seems to make a little bit more sense to me, but maybe, I don't know, with the Wii U, they they just wanted their last Mario Kart hurrah. <laughs> maybe. Wow. <laughs> that that one last Splatfest, just one more match. But in our last quest marker for uh, this week, Sony is adding a streaming service to PS Plus Premium Memberships. So recently, uh, Sony did away with their Sony Pictures on the this, uh, PlayStation, so you'll no longer be able to actually purchase movies. However, they have added a new application that will allow PlayStation Premium and Deluxe members to stream a curated catalog of up to a hundred movies that it sounds like will be periodic periodically updated uh right now i believe that there is only i think one or two movies uh available um oh no excuse me there's a few movies available during the initial lineup including looper final fantasy king's glaive um elysium and resident evil damnation um, so if you are a fan of place or of Sony movies and you have a PlayStation premium membership, uh, it might be worth checking out some of them, uh, some of those old Sony pictures releases. Yeah, but, I guess so. Yeah, that, that is, that is pretty much it for, uh, the, the quest markers this week. Not, not a whole lot. Fantastic. So, because that's it for the quest markers, that is it for the weekly news roundup for the week of October 14th, 2023. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for this news roundup. Of course, if you like what you're listening to, be sure to go subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube Podcasts now, since Google Podcasts is kind of going away. You can go check us out there. Basically, anywhere you want to listen to podcasts, we're most likely on it. If you're not sure exactly where to find us, you can check us out on our homepage, anchor.fm slash the-npcs-podcast, and check us out there. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We will catch you all in the next episode. Laters.